Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By. And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to one of the best wins of the entire season. And it was on Sunday evening, national stage, ESPN, household uh, dynastic uh, Golden State Warriors, household name, uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, the past two NBA champions. A lot of buzz, a lot of hype, and a huge W for the Denver Nuggets, who came back at one point, were down 14 points after a really sloppy uh, first quarter. They stormed back the back half of the second quarter. Uh, tied going into the break and then what happened in the second half was the utter destruction of the team the former team that used to have other NBA teams like the Nuggets shaking in their boots the Nuggets did to the Warriors what the Warriors had done over the course of an eight nine year stretch and I'm not saying that that's who Denver is now because that's an unfair comparison because over the next call it six years Denver hopes to do maybe two-thirds of what the Warriors did. Um, so I don't want to be disrespectful. But but for me, Sunday night was a bit of a conclusion. Now, oftentimes I'll come in here and say, you know what, it's a regular season game. I don't have some overarching big-picture takeaway. But here I do. And I do believe we have seen this season the a life cycle – spin a full revolution, a life cycle spin a full revolution. Um, this past year, uh, within the same two-week period, me personally um, lost someone in real life. Um, and in the same two-week period, uh, had a new baby come into our life. Not, not, not me and my wife, but in uh, close to our family. So within a two-week period, we lost someone, and we introduced a new life to the world. And I remember thinking, like, wow, like, here in these two weeks, like, we were, like, reflecting on this life that we lost, and then we were also trying to dwell on this life that we gained. And it's just, like, it, it was because it was such a compressed period of time, it was like, wow, like, this is, we just saw the end of something and, and the beginning of something. And um, the Nuggets aren't quite the beginning of something, they're the reigning champions. They've been on a climb for four or five years now. Um, but for Sunday night, for me, was the closing of a, of a not just a chapter, but an entire book on how I view the Golden State Warriors relative to the Denver Nuggets. And it's, it's, it, it's almost ironic, poetic, however you would want to phrase it, that it was the Denver Nuggets who were on the brunt end of the spark of the Golden State Warriors dynasty around 2013, whatever it was, where the Warriors upset as a six seed, upset the three seed Denver Nuggets. And that's what spurred them on to do great things. It was like, wow, the Warriors are on the scene. They just upset the three seed uh, in the NBA playoffs. And although this isn't that stage, it was the conclusion for me of how serious I take them. There's nothing that the Warriors can do with this current uh, uh, iteration of their team that can dethrone a healthy Nuggets team. 
And I just, even as recent as two, three years ago, I mean, we have to remember the Warriors are, and I know I already said it, but I'm going to repeat it. They're the previous champion to Denver winning it last year. And you watch, and they just look like they're they're on such different levels despite being the two most recent champions. And you're looking at a season sweep. And that's what made this different because look at the dynamics. The Warriors were in an 0-3 hole to Denver. All right, Even on nights where they played great and maybe felt like they deserved to win, it's Nikola Jokic in the beginning of January you know, breaking their heart with a 35-footer to win the game with no time left. A week before that is Christmas Day, full of emotion, national TV. You got, you're on the main stage, beat by Denver again. And in those games, they felt like they could have got over Denver. And, you know, you, you, when you come out and Clay Thompson scores 23 points in the first half and he's screaming at the crowd and there's so much emotion. And, um, and then they got whooped. Like, they got whooped. The, the game wasn't close down the stretch. Nikola Jokic obliterated the Golden State Warriors, as if you put an M80 into a box of tissues. Just obliterated them. 32 points, 16 rebounds, 16 assists, 4 steals. It's truly historic. And he's the only, he's just the fifth player in NBA history to produce 15 rebounds, 15 assists, and 4 steals in a game. The other uh, guys are Magic Johnson, Michael Ray Richardson, Russell Westbrook, and Jason Kidd. Three of the four of those are Hall of Famers. The other one might have been, just had a cocaine problem. But Jokic, like, you don't even need to mention the points. You know, one of my favorite stats in all of sports is the Wayne Gretzky stat where they say by the time he retired, you could remove every goal he ever scored, and he'd still be number one all-time in NHL points. That's how many assists he had. You get a point for a goal, point for an assist. That's how many points Gretzky had. Take away all the goals, still number one in NHL history in points. Just miraculous, damn near. But... 32 points, if anyone scores 32 points in an NBA game, it's like, wow, you had an incredible night. Take away the points. 16 rebounds with 16 assists with four steals? What? It's, it's, it's unbelievable. This is the third triple-double in a row for Jokic coming out of the All-Star break. He, he is the uh, first player since the NBA-ABA merger to have a three-game span with at least 82 points, 50 rebounds, and 45 assists. And the Nuggets are rolling, guys. They've won three straight games by 15 points or more for the first time since 2017. That was my first year in Denver. That was seven years ago. So I don't see anything that the Nuggets have that can put out the fire that is the Denver Nuggets. And, 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 and that's just in terms of like beating them two or three times. If these two teams met in the NBA playoffs, the Warriors, Warriors would have to beat Denver four times to move on. It ain't happening. And you don't hear me oftentimes, uh, whether it's on my radio show or on this podcast, give like these big declarative statements like this will work or this won't work or this won't happen or this will happen and like just definitively because I've been humbled too many times doing this job for 15 years. All right. But I'm telling you this right now, healthy Nuggets team, they are not losing four times against the Golden State Warriors. Book that. Book that. Jokic continues um, to be uh, it's just an absolute revelation. The entire world is coming around upon it. Anyone with a microphone, and they've already come around on it since last year, but people have a tendency to forget, and Jokic has a tendency to remind them. All right? And I know this old song from Jay-Z on the Blueprint 3 album. One of my favorites was like released like 15 years ago or whatever it was. And he had the song Reminder. 
and he just goes through his accomplishments. Like, yo, let me give you, like, the, you dudes a reminder. How many number one albums? How many double platinum, triple platinum? How many Grammy awards? I started wearing these shirts. They became popular. Like, he just goes through, like, his entire, like, pop culture checklist of, like, don't forget who I am. That's what Jokic does every once in a while. And Sunday night was another example of that. So I'm hearing Bill Simmons and Ryan Rossillo on one of the most popular sports podcasts uh, in the world, Bill Simmons uh, podcast. Uh, Jokic is the uh, best player in the world and the number one player you have to see in person uh, while he's still in his prime. I'm hearing Colin Coward talk about the Nuggets and, and a potential dynasty and making Tim Duncan Spurs comparisons that we've been making on this podcast for years and years now. All right. I'm hearing Michael Wilbon after the game on ESPN say, uh, yeah, the NBA conversation, Jokic wasn't on the top of my ballot. It's time to throw that ballot out. Time to toss it. He's the best player in the world. And so people are returning to where they were last summer when talking about Jokic. But people get caught up in the long marathon of the 82-game season, and, and other guys are doing great things. I don't want to take away from Shea Gildress-Alexander, what Embiid was doing, what Tatum's doing, right, what Luka's doing. They're all having great years. But there's only one yoke, and he plays in Denver. He plays in Denver, Colorado. Um, I thought just uh, real quick, um, I thought Jamal was fantastic uh, the other night. Uh, goes for a 27 points, a 9 of 16 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3, perfect 6 for 6 from the stripe. All right. Um, there was, there was, there he was again, rising with the moment. My favorite uh, uh, um, uh, image from the game was when he's going nuts and, 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 and he's looking over at the ESPN cameras going, they need a timeout. When they're calling, when 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 Steve Kerr wants to talk it over, saying you know timeout, and he's like, yeah, you need one, you need one. Jamal's such a showman in those spots, and um, uh, uh, just to add on to the others who were talking, Steve Kerr after the game just lauded Jokic, poured. He said he killed us. We could not, we did not have anything for for him. Draymond Green has this podcast now. He does like in real time. He's doing like podcasts after the game, and he's like, I, I had nothing for Jokic. Yeah, I, I, he killed me. He, this is Draymond Green, the greatest defensive player of his generation who will go to the Hall of Fame, all right? And if you don't think he's going to the Hall of Fame, you need an education in basketball, I'd love to give it to you. don't have the time right now. But he is on the, uh, 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 the third most instrumental player in that Warriors era, four-time All-Star, like six-time All-Defensive team, steals leader, defensive player of the year. He, ha- he used to give Jokic problems. Now Jokic doesn't see him. He sees right through him. Um. But uh, just 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 wanted to, to shoehorn some of that uh, after the fact praise in. Um, but Jamal was great. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was uh, he struggled again. Again, it's another one of these things with MPJ. Thirty four against Portland had you feel so, had you feeling so good, and then he follows it up with nine, right? And that's kind of who MPJ has been this year. Unfortunately, uh, I went and counted how many times has Michael Porter Jr. hit twenty five points this year or more. And how many times has he finished with nine or less? He's hit 25 points eight times this year. He's had nine or less 13 times. Um, so it, it's a good game over game contrast to show how maddening uh, MPJ can be. Um, you hope that he finds his 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 groove in some sort of sustained and meaningful way. Because um, the up and down nature, it's, just, it's, it's quite a ride. One for six from three, three of 11 from the floor. Um, didn't mean he didn't do anything good. He did, had a couple instrumental rebounds, had a take on the breakaway. He kind of finished with a floater, kind of 
ended up finishing on the baseline, ended up on his back. Um, that was a, a nice moment for him in the second half, but nothing over the top. And then uh, a Contavious Caldwell-Pope, I thought defensively. I mean, he had Steph Curry in the closest thing to jail that he's going to be. All right, now Steph's going to get his regardless. He's one of the great players of all time. You can make He's got a 10, top 10 case. Um, but he finished at a minus 22. So when Curry was on the floor, the Warriors were outscored by 22 points. That doesn't happen a lot. And I think for the season, it's minus 59 now against Denver. Denver's beat this Warriors seven straight times, guys. Seven straight times. Think about three of the last four champions. You got the Nuggets, you got the Warriors, the Bucks were in there, and then you had the Lakers. So three of the past four champions are from the West. The Denver's one of them. The other two teams are the Lakers, the Warriors. The Denver Nuggets have beaten the Warriors seven straight times now, and they've beaten the Lakers seven straight times. They just don't have anything for them. All right? It's an evolving landscape. Um, and the Denver Nuggets are the main reason for that evolution. Um, so I want to give KC the, the, those props. And then Aaron Gordon, man, just continues to be steady Eddie, man. One of the most instrumental, arguably the second most instrumental player to this basketball team this year. 17 points, six rebounds, two assists, three steals, a block, and that incredible alley-oop finish to put the dagger right in their freaking liver on Sunday night on ESPN. Absolutely love to see it. Jokic is still the MVP favorite at minus 150. He is back into minus money with a uh, legitimate lead over uh, SGA in Oklahoma City. So unless he unless he gets derailed by injury or not caring, which we've seen, he's probably going to win the MVP for a third time in four years and be the ninth player ever with three MVPs. That's where we're at, man. Absolutely love to see it. Um, I uh, want to look ahead of the schedule, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, uh, but, 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 but next game for Denver is Wednesday evening. At the time of recording, it's Tuesday afternoon. I'm going to do my best to be at that game um, and uh, uh, and report back on Thursday what it was like in the arena, give a little bit of first-person point of view. Um, so look forward to that. Hopefully that comes to fruition. Um, and crossing my fingers, I'm able to have dinner uh, this evening with Kevin Herter, shooting guard from Sacramento. Uh, from my hometown, if he can make that work, and uh, hopefully I have some fun stories back here on Thursday. But the most, uh, the, the the next most uh, closest game to where we're sitting now, Kings on Wednesday night, followed by the last back-to-back of the season, Wednesday night and Thursday night, Kings and the Miami Heat, and just like that, the Denver Nuggets moving forward will not have back-to-back games, while the rest of the Western Conference is littered with them. But Denver did their work early uh, from a scheduling standpoint. Um, all right, guys, we're going to keep it. Uh, we're going to leave it there for now. Denver has won three games in a row. All right. Uh, with those two games on deck from a seeding standpoint, they are one and a half games back, uh, of the number one seed. They're in the three seed right now, uh, ahead of them, only the Oklahoma city thunder and the Minnesota Timberwolves with identical records. So nuggets within striking distance. And guys, I think, I think they're going to end up finishing with the number one seed. I hope that I am right. All right, we're going to say so long uh, for now. Guys, thank you for being here. Leave us five stars if you think we deserve it. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the video, turn on the notifications so you never miss one, and um, tell a friend about this podcast, best way that we can grow it. Uh, and we'll be back on Thursday reacting to the game on Wednesday night. See if the Nuggets can win four games in a row. They owe Sacramento. Don't forget that. They owe them. All right, and we'll see what happens. But whatever happens on Wednesday night, you know we'll be back here on Thursday talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.